G'day, and welcome to episode 128 of the Pack of you Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson, and today's conversation is again with Dominica Bay of Plant Life Brand Accelerators. So it's an absolute pleasure sitting down again with Dominica, who graciously bestowed us with their valuable insights across a broad spectrum of subjects, from providing a comprehensive overview of this year's Planted Expo to delving into the mechanics of improving your cogs. We also explore the challenges and opportunities that the CPG industry presents, while shedding some light on some essential qualities necessary for entrepreneurs to flourish in this constantly evolving industry. So prepare yourself for a very enlightening conversation that promises to inspire and educate you all. All right, let's get into it. Hope you all enjoy episode 128 with Dominica Bay. Dominica, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks so much for having me, Hayden. It's great to be back. It's good to have you back for the second time on the show. Yeah, obviously, you and I had a really good chat uh, during our first episode, and um, you made the suggestion of coming back on, and I was thrilled when you um, when you made the offer because I thought, yeah, you've got a world full of knowledge, and I think we can leverage that for everybody listening. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. No worries. So today, there are a couple of things that we would love to talk about. Obviously, everybody right now, when they think about their business, you know, it's no um, it's no secret that everybody's costs are going up, whether it's, you know, their cost of goods, their, you know, their, all of their expenses and line items are, you know, consistently creeping up while we do feel the impact of inflation. Obviously, I think that there could be a little bit of, um, you know, manufactured inflation out there as well in that there may be some um, companies out there that are keeping their prices high because it's really hard to retract prices as well once you've, you know, once you've seen that. And I think that that is definitely a reality out there. And, you know, I've been listening to some podcasts down in the States and they've been discussing that too. So, you know, um, everybody's feeling the pinch. So one of the things that everybody obviously needs to do is maintain their margins and keep their cogs intact. So I'd love to have a chat with you about, you know, um, some strategic um, things on, um, you know, so that everybody can help improve their cogs. And, um, but before we get stuck into that, um, you went along to Planet Expo and I think you'd have some really good insights. I I didn't go this year. So yeah. How did you find the show? Yeah, well, Planted is always like the best weekend of the year for me personally, because it's just like seeing so many great brands that are, you know, really like family, you know, Mm. seeing the founders. And yes, I mean, I do love, of course, CFHA. And if I can get down to Expo um, West in Anaheim, I do love that too. But Planet is just such a a wonderful, warm community. And of course, represents everything I personally believe in and what I'm, why I do what I do and why I've been it for over 34 years. So, um, yeah. So anyways, um, it was a great weekend. Uh, the Planet Expo team from Steven to um, Johnny, to, you know, they all just did, uh, Taryn, they all just did such an incredible job. Um, they always do. Um, and of course, um, uh, Lindsay at Paquette, the marketing mm, I was going to mention they, Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. They just really smash it. Like they, you know, it just, they do such a good job of building awareness about the event and, um, and, 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 and getting people excited to come and attend. And certainly there was no, um, uh, there was no, um, sort of, you know, void of, 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 really great attendees because I mean, it was just a constant stream, which is exactly what you want. Right. So Mm. I always look at planet as a great opportunity for brands that could be listening and maybe thinking about going next year Mm. um, to really build great brand awareness and just engage with the community. You can sell there, which is a nice way to recoup some of your costs because the trade shows you can't sell, whereas consumer shows you can. 
Um, but it's not really about that. It's more just about really connecting and introducing your brand and um, and having a really strong demo um, strategy in place and mm. you know ex- sharing exciting news that could be happening. Maybe it's new SKU or new product launch or something like that. Overall, the vibe was electric. It was fun. It was upbeat. It was mm-hmm. inclusive. It was um, um, really just a joy. I mean, I couldn't get enough of it. So uh, I felt the brands did a really good job of, um, of presenting their products. And, and a lot of them seem really prepared with teams on hand because, mm-hmm. again, the demos were, were, I mean, I've never seen so many um, people lining up for, for samples before. So it was pretty much just a big major demo, I would call it. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, great. Because the, the attendees come, you know, excited to get their grab bags, which is good, and excited to come and try all the different offerings, yeah. which which is exciting and that's really the goal of the event is to introduce them to your brand and if it's a beverage or drink or whatever it is that your brand offers to get them to experience it and then hopefully if they like it you know then they they, that might convert to um you know a new customer sale Mm -hmm. so um uh and also they you know what i also like about planet is they have a lot of great speakers um that do present and offer a lot of value and it definitely is uh an important part of component of the of the of the trade show or the consumer should should say because a lot of people come and maybe they're curious just about making more plant forward choices or they're foodies or they like to support local or for whatever reason they've come today and they definitely get a lot out of those those um um those presentations i was lucky enough to to do a presentation and i thoroughly enjoyed oh, great. it yeah yeah so, so that was good. So my topic was um, had the top 10 reasons how we're going to remove animals from the supply chain. And so that was definitely an, an interesting, interesting um, discussion to have. And Asha Wilden, who's the amazing CEO and founder of Kula Foods, um, she was the MC and just did a phenomenal job. And um, so that was a unique part of it. And then in terms of the brands, I mean, it was just, it was exciting. I actually saw more innovation at Planet Expo than I did at uh, CFHA. That's what so, I was wondering. I wanted to ask you what you sort of noticed in terms of innovation or what sort of an emerging trend that you think's actually got some legs and something that'll stick around. Yeah, well, one of my favorite brands was there, and it was the first time they presented at at, at, um, at Planet Expo, and um, just dear, dear founders that I just adore, and they're called Daddy C's, okay. and they do they've done the world's first um, vegan jerk sauce, and it is unfrickin' believable, and it's mm. no sugar added, and the main ingredients is onions, and it's so delicious. Someone that you know lived in the Caribbean for ten years, yeah. I mean, definitely, um, it's they're from Saint Anne in in Jamaica, they're. Um, and they um, they now live in Calgary and just you know missed home and wanted to share that story yeah. Yeah, yeah. with um with their community and it's 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 so delicious and so unique so that was definitely a highlight seeing them there and definitely their their lineup for for sampling was was one of the longest I saw and everyone mm. that went by said oh my goodness that's amazing it's just a taste explosion in your mouth so that was super exciting um, of course we had Avafina um, Organics which mm-hmm. is really an incredible brand. I mean, Laura, the founder is an organic pioneer. She was one of the first people to export um, organic quinoa to Canada and the US. Um, and definitely I'm one of the it most- Avafina Organics. Avafina oh, Organics. Yeah, yeah. And organic yeah, superfoods. So Laura grew yeah, up yeah. in Argentina. Yeah, she moved here to Canada in the 90s and really is like the Seth Goldman of Canada, in my opinion. I mean, the amount of work she's done, what she does for organic farmers, she gives back. She's donated 2,000 solar panels. Um, She does dental campaigns, university scholarships. I mean, I don't know any founder that has more of a philanthropic 
um, mission than she does. And she's, you know, certified organic, certified gluten-free, I mean, mm-hmm. certified everything, no GMO, mm-hmm. um, in a, in an SQF HASA facility. Anyways, she's been, they've been around for a while. Yeah. 25 years. They've yeah. Been I was going to say I've called on them before <laughs> when I was yeah, out prospecting. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, is that they, um, you know, they're major, major importers and then yeah. they're, they're ingredient suppliers for, I mean, you name it, Mary's cracker. I mean, I probably shouldn't name the names, but I mean, I, you know, the major, yeah. major natural organic, well, they have to be organic cause it's all organic, Yes, but the major organic brands, you know, in Canada, you name it, she works with a nature's mm-hmm. path, you know, I mean, free, um, I mean, you know, yeah. so, so anyways, she decided about, um, three years ago to get into, like, I would say the CPG game. I mean, she did have some of her, her chia and her flax and her ingredients. She did bag them, put mm-hmm. them on shelf, so to speak. Yeah. But she really had a calling to have more offerings on shelf that were, you know, dairy-free and um, of course, um, you know, plant-based, gluten-free, organic. So she came up with this phenomenal award-winning spread line. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she has, in my opinion, the best vegan cream cheese on the market. It's so decadent, so delicious. Um, and it'll knock the socks off you. It, the texture is spot on. The flavors, sp- spicy chipotle, pesto, onion and chive is my favorite. She's got an original mm-hmm. that's great. Um, just that key base that you can add with fruit or cooking or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then she's got the world's first vegan caviar, which mm-hmm. is so unique and so novel. It's instead of, you know, a lot of people, it's made with chia and seaweed and char- um, activated charcoal and blueberry powder. See that. So it's yeah, yeah. Talk- but someone that is plant-based or plant-forward, um, you know, as a holistic nutritionist, we need to be mindful about omega-3s because they're such an important essential fatty acid for our brain health. Mm. And so um, this is definitely um, delivers that. And then some with fiber, it's it's sort of your macros on steroids with the, the level of performance. It, nutritionally, um, fiber, protein, and healthy fats. Uh, it's, it's zero net carb. So it's keto, it's diabetic friendly, low glycemic, no sugar added, and of course, organic. It's just- Takes the all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And it won a nexty this year at Expo West. So, I mean, you can't get, that's an Oscar for founders. You can't get mm-hmm. any higher than that. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a win. Um, and that was exciting to see them there. Of course, we'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my favorite brand, Omi Smoked Tofu. Um, and they, they did uh, an incredible collaboration with Chef Santi, who also mm-hmm. was there and did a beautiful presentation. From Nightshade. Um, from Nightshade. That's yeah. It. Yeah. And yeah. I had just had Mickey on the show, actually. We just had a chat. It was good. Oh, that's awesome. Great. Mm. Okay. I'll have to listen. Yeah. So yeah. And so anyway, they, they, um, worked with Chef Shani to do a collaboration with the seven spices and as a tribute to Canadian heritage in this, in the silk and the spice trade. And it's absolutely divine. And so they have their three skews on shelf. They're Greek, they're smoked and just smoke and the, um, and the maple soy. Um, but they had the seven spices. So you can only get it if you go to nightshade, right? Right. So yeah. It, yeah. It's delicious. But at the show, they actually released, some of the seven spices with a collab with, with Shashansi's blessing. And of course I, I got like six and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I better leave some for the others. The end of the day, I'm like, what do you got left? I mean, it is like crack. It's so good. It's just like my favorite thing in the world. It's so delicious. I mean, I love all the skews, but this just takes the next level. So that was, that was a highlight for me personally, but you know, everyone else really enjoyed it as well. Um, oh, oh, I can't, I can't uh, forget, of course, um, Mindful Foods with Chef um, Jake and, of course, Vanessa. They launched CFHA, um, their their hot honey, which is so unique. So it's a vegan honey. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Had the vegan honey. They're the first ones to launch it in Canada. And it's, it's delicious. Um, yeah, it's really good. Absolutely delicious. Yeah, yeah, I'd attest to that. And, 
Yeah, really good. And then they they actually been working on this hot honey for a while now. I mean, they're very mm -hmm. innovative, but they're sort mm -hmm. of waiting for the original to get going, mm -hmm. which it did. And so now they've got two really great offerings, the original honey and the hot honey, and it is unbelievably delicious and so good. So that was that was definitely a fan favorite. I mean, everybody loved it. I mean, everyone went, wow, that's really unique. Yeah. Um, and, and Vanessa's coming really on to the show as well. Vanessa will be on next oh, month. Great. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Actually, yeah, just while we're cool. on the topic of them, did you see their little sample packs that they've got? They've got these yeah, awesome. Those were great. They're really innovative. And like with me being in packaging, I'm like, what is that? And where did you get that from? And they're actually like working on that themselves. It's like a little side business that they've got going on. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, for sure. I've talked to the original founder that does it. And mm. it, it's a great sustainable way because mm. it's, it's the most sustainable way to get samples because, yeah. you know, you're you know, you're at the trade shows, you're doing, you know, collabs or yep. events and you want to give someone like a takeaway and also yeah. because you launch with um, GFS. So it's yep. also for phase two, yep. right? So to be have little takeaways. Perfect. For the yeah. yeah it, it, it's great. Yeah. hundred percent. It's really novel. And I was unique. impressed with that. Actually, Vancouver's a really tough spot to find co-packers that have, it's not like we don't have the pack. Like we can work with you for the pack. Hey, we can do the packaging. It's yeah. It's how are you going to fill it? The problem is the machines. Mm -hmm. We don't have the machines. And mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that's going to change because talking about sustainability with packaging, you know, food pack, you're leading the way. And we're really lucky about that, but it's about the co-packer or the brand itself. that They're self-manufacturing, investing the couple hundred grand or whatever is doing the machinery. In. And that's, that's where lot. we're falling behind the eight ball. Yeah. So we're trying to get that going, but the innovation is coming and has come and it's exciting. So, so that's great. It's awesome. You're going to have Vanessa. She's, she's such a mm. boss. I love her. Like she's, she's just so great. Um, and then um, of course we had uh, what the flower, which does, that was a real standout they, for yeah. me. They do really innovative gluten-free um, um, allergen friendly baking kits, mm -hmm. really, really yummy. And then Moscona oats, which are Canadian rolled oats. Certified that's right. Organic. I just had Randy on the show. Thanks to your introduction. That's right. you had yeah. Randy. And, and Randy was awesome. Yeah. He's such a, uh, Holy shit. He's got a lot of information packed upstairs, doesn't he? There is no one. And I think <laughs> no one. And I mean this, at least yeah. in Canada, that has his experience. The guy was sweeping the floors when he was yeah. a kid. Yeah. Like, I, uh, you know, after school, um, holidays, weekends, as his dad and his uncle started in one room, Nationwide yeah. Organic Foods in the 70s. Yeah. And then he helped grow that. Then he went off on his own little path, right? As mm. you know, he started, he had organic natural food stores. Now he's the owner of um, a few CPG brands. So mm. I can't name another person that owns a distributor yep. that's nationwide um, that uh, has run and owned natural health food stores and is a founder of CPG brands. Brand. Like no yeah. 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 And I now they've just purchased it. And now they've just purchased what the flower as well. So he sort of it. ticked all the boxes. Yeah. yeah. It's really impressive. Yeah. It's really unique. And no one does more for female minority owned brands than Randy. Let me tell you that mm -hmm. because he is always willing to give because the, the founder can't get a distributor it's mm. a real tough go in cbg right mm. now there's nothing wrong with self-distributing and getting your own trucks and whatever but it at, oftentimes can be less cost effective right depending on what product you have and depending on the reach you want mm. right so a lot of the brands will build up their first you know maybe 20 30 maybe 50 60 accounts and they're running yep. around with head, head cut off yeah they're sort of maxed out at that stage aren't they that's it. And then they go, for goodness sake. The other thing is it's a real nightmare to work with DSD when you're when you're a buyer. I mean, it's okay mm. with independence, but like, come on, when you're talking about accountables and 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 all the you know billing and stuff, it's easier to go to a distributor and deal with mm. five or six distributors where you're ordering, you know, maybe a couple hundred SKUs each mm -hmm. versus 
imagine like there's 300,000 plus. Oh, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah. 3,000 perceivables. It's just nuts. Yeah. So it gets to the point where most brands will decide to partner with the distributor Mm -hmm. and it's a tough go. There's not a lot of options and it's tough to get in and it's competitive, but no one allows, you know, like gives, gives him a shot. I will call it more than him. And so um, I, I'm so indebted to him and, and I'd really admire, he goes out of his way to help female minority owned brands all the time. And, and, and I really think it's wonderful. He should be, he should be celebrated more. In fact, um, it's a, anyway, I'm, I'm working on that because he deserves way more credit than he gets. Um, but yeah, talking about the other brands that were the show, I mean, of course, uh, oh, Lita's Mexican. I mm, mean, Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's great. She's had an incredible run this year. I mean, really just, it's so nice to see someone representing Mexican food in the vegan world, in the plant-based world, because who doesn't love Mexican? And it's one of my favorites, right? No, it's actually, it's a beautiful, yeah, we eat them at home. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you just don't see anyone else really going out there and owning it like she does. And I think that's, and really embracing the culture and really staying true to like the authentic values and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, just another beautiful brand that is always great to see the shows and always so such a joy, you know? Um, and of course, um, Verily was there and I mean, they, they won best in show, which is really exciting for, for her wonderful, um, sauces. And that's, that's a really unique line because they're so versatile. Yeah, I mean, you can use them, you know, in, you know, uh, pasta dishes, of course, is the, is the obvious, but so much more than that. I, I use it for, you know, for vegetable dishes and just great, great to have in the, in, in your fridge. kitchen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Remember. They work with Patricia at HPP. So that yep. gives them a nice shelf life, but maintains all the macronutrients mm-hmm. um, of their product. And, and that's why it's so fresh and, and, and tastes so divine. Um, and then of course, Sunny Honey Oat Bites. Um, this is a really exciting brand. Um, Did you say Sunny Honey? Sunny Honey Oat Bites. Yep. I'm gonna get so they use um they're they're allergen friendly. So the founder <laughs> Esther, um, she's been running along with her partner Ron Decades Bakery in Chilliwack for the last 20 odd years. <clears throat> and um and for and she was, you know, doing all event started off doing the baking and then ended up helping Ron run the show essentially. And she got celiac, she got really ill and she got celiac disease and um, also the dairy allergy and, you know, um, kind of like me, we're kind of like the kitchen, kitchen sink. So we had a very similar background connected with that. And she basically wanted to prove her slogan is allergies suck, but, um, treats, but snacks don't have to, right. Which I think is really unique. Right. Uh-huh. So kind of like a, a similar situation to like, you know, um, the founders of wise bites and free, um, you know, yeah. offering school friendly, allergen friendly yeah. snacks, delicious, nutritious, sustainable, tastes good. Um, anyways, her oat bites are outstanding. They're about the size of a two bite brownie. Okay. And I mean, I've never demoed a product before that everybody loves from little kids to teenagers, adults, seniors. They're just so divine. They're low sugar and they're made with, um, Canadian rolled oats that are certified, um, gluten-free and, um, and they're purity protocol. So that's important to mention because a lot of people with celiac disease have a pro- have issues like myself. Even if it says gluten free, it's the cross contamination. So mm-hmm. her oats confirm that they are less than five parts per million. Right, um, and it's an allergen friendly facility. So, you know, it's interesting with her because we have to source her sun butter from Idaho, which you think is nuts because we're trying to support Canadian farmers. Yeah. But there's not a single. If anyone wants a business idea, I'm going to give you one right now. There's not a single brand in Canada that does sun butter 
that it, that is not sunflower seed sunflower Sun, seed yeah, butter sunflower seeds. so so basically yeah. takes roasted sunflower seeds yeah and make it into sun butter yeah. um and and can't say allergen friendly you know why because they all also do maybe uh, peanuts yeah, yeah. cross-contamination on the line yeah it's a shame we spent like six months on this and it was just like you're kidding me really yeah wow all the local you know not process you know not butters because we want to go local right mm. but sometimes unfortunately we can't because it would go against what the brand stands for. So this is kind of the level of efficacy that these brands go to when they really want to ensure, like when they say something on the label, hmm. like, I mean, the amount of effort that goes into making sure, like having a complete allergen friendly, top 14 allergen friendly supply chain is, 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 is pretty for lack of a word, or ballsy, you know, because mm -hmm. you got to really be choosy about your suppliers, like the, the coconut can have sulfates and, you know, all these things that you want to be mindful of. So I do admire these founders and brands that go that extra mile to offer something unique and different because there's a lot of kids, as you know, being a dad with, with food allergies and especially with schools, you can't bring peanuts in. That's right. Um, for not all the schools, but a lot. And that can be really problematic. Um, so we just want to keep people safe and we want to have delicious, nutritious, sustainable snacks that, you know, everyone can enjoy. Yeah, cool. Well, it sounds like there was a lot going on and uh, a lot impressed you, hey? Oh, yeah. I was over the moon. I was very, imp very impressed. And That's cool. It was, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, one more last one and then we can move yep. on. I have to mention um, the world's first samosa burger. And it samosa just tastes burger. is just as good as like a samosa patty, you mean? Like as yeah, the patty? So it, Got it's, it. it. Yeah. So it's it's Azar's Kitchen. And they do, they do this kick-ass samosa burger. So I always mm -hmm. say it's like a samosa, it's like a samosa without the guilt. Like the filling of a samosa in a patty. That's it. It's yeah, brilliant. nice. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And they use, it's not deep fried. I mean, you could deep fry them if you want, but they're typically done. You can put bake them on the, you know, um, in the, in the, in the oven or barbecue yeah. or deep fry or whatever. Yeah. And they're only two grams of fat per yeah. patty for people yeah. that are on a low fat diet or heart disease or whatnot. Um, and they are made with non-GMO whole food ingredients. They're gluten-free, grain-free, um, and just lots of delicious fresh herbs and spices that are just absolutely divine. Like they just, they taste so good with a mango chutney. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What about the level of sort of the branding that you saw? Like, how, you know, obviously when your business is at a stage where it's going to, you know, you're at a trade show and you're presenting, you'd like to think that the brand is really polished and established. Yeah. Every year we sort of see, you know, color palettes that are trending and so on. What did you notice in terms of like branding? Was there any sort of like oh, yeah. crossovers? Like what's, what's trending there? Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure you see a lot of this each day with what you do. 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm things. interested to hear what you right. have to say. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So what I've noticed has been the biggest trend so far this year, like definitely minimal, right? Mm -hmm. That's definitely the direction people yep. are going. Yep. In terms of colors, I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing some pastels. Or I'm seeing like really bright. So kind of one or the other. It could go you know in I mean? either direction. Yeah. Like really bright and out there, almost sort of like a neon and psychedelic or really yeah. soft and subtle pastels. It's either one, it's in one school or the other. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what we've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm seeing. And then I'm seeing a lot more sophistication in terms of like call outs and claims, like mm -hmm. in terms of like, okay. We have five seconds and five feet. I know my founders are so sick of me saying this because I, I I literally am going to have a hat that says five seconds, five feet, because that's the biggest thing I try to like get them to think about. Because it's one thing for something to look good on a screen, as you know, yeah. Yeah. but then it's another thing to put it on the shelf, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, there's a real art to that. And, um, and, and, and basically it's like, there's a real genesis about 
making the, you know, as you know, more than anyone, making, making the um, packaging look really, you know, innovative and exciting and unique and fresh and pop, so to speak. But then also we got to get all the regulatory and we got to also explain to them in such a short time, why, why do we matter? Why are we going to help you? So whether it's gluten-free, allergen-friendly, organic, non-GMO, you know, low fat, high fat, keto, paleo, mm-hmm. like whatever the heck it is we're offering, mm-hmm. right? Plant-based, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, those value propositions. Gotta, that's it. We got to be really strategic about what we're going to say and how we're going to say it. And so mm-hmm. I feel like there's been definitely an elevated um, effort in, in the, in that area um, as to, okay, I get it now. Right. Oftentimes some other brands have done, I've noticed that there's some brands that have done some really exciting, uh, refreshes like plum good is one that has been really blew me away. Like if you see the before and after you're thinking, Whoa, who was that plum good. P-L-U-M-B. Yeah. So it's P-L-U-M-M and then good. They do these amazing, um, certified organic, certified gluten-free, um, rice cakes and rice thins. They're out of Richmond. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, Really. Why haven't they come across my radar? That's so funny how there are brands out there that just completely fly under the radar. uh, They're they're big and they do, and they have really incredible quality ingredients. They use brown rice, which is really nice. Cool. Macros the fiber and they're darn tasty. Um, oh yeah 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 you know who did their branding um Ryan Salt. yep yeah yeah i saw their brand on the, his website when i was looking at it He's yeah. My design god. yeah <laughs> you know the story right i sold my engagement ring to work with him you're kidding no, I'm not work kidding. with brian Sol. oh yeah he did my packaging yeah i mean like he is the design god in my opinion like he yeah, cool. for me personally like he's the guy i mean i go into choices or like whole foods or mm-hmm. you know nature's fair or whatever yeah and i just go brian Brian, Brian, Brian. I mean, if you think about like our designers in terms of like New York Fashion Week or whatever, like mm-hmm. he is like, I don't know, the Vera Wang, the, I don't know what to call him. Like, you know, he's just the. He's very influential, that's for sure. Well, yeah. he, yeah. And the thing is, he's so incredible to work with because yeah, he yeah. really comes into the heart and soul of the brand and yeah, he really wants for to find sure. it and he takes time to do it. Yeah. It's like he has this gift of putting the founder's heart and soul on a package it's bizarre isn't it how some people just like get it he just gets it the guy is just a freaking genius well i've tried to get him on this podcast a couple of times right now but we haven't managed to make it happen so maybe this can be the call out that we need (laughs) i'll no i have a meeting with him tomorrow (laughs) i will will nudge him but he is that'd be great yeah i'll I'll make it happen thank you yeah brian is brian is is, uh, you know, and of course, there's other incredible, you know, hope and 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 there's yeah, there's hope. A, I know, I had hope on the show. Yeah, also a, a design genius and and incredible at what she does. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. On that note, actually, she worked with Asha to do. Um, uh, she did the most incredible job with her, and Asha did uh, just one of the best rebrands I've ever seen with Kula. Oh, Kula. Kula. Yeah, yeah. I know she did Kula. Yeah. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Like definitely, in my opinion, one of the best in show on, on like in terms of like, I mean, their products, I'm a huge fan, but mm-hmm. um, no sugar added, gluten-free, of course, mm-hmm. plant-based, but, um, and they use pea protein, um, <clears throat> amazing flavor, Afro-vegan, just, just the most delicious spices and herbs that, you know, you maybe don't, don't have in your everyday life. It's kind of like, it's like the, it's like what you always wanted to have, but didn't know you're missing it. And then you have mm-hmm. it and go, oh, wow, this is a whole nother world here. That's so exciting. And her and, um, and Hope, uh, I believe, did the most incredible job. Uh, really, again, Hope does that too, showcasing the heart and soul of the founder on yeah. the packet. Yeah, yeah. She did the work for Brightside Foods. And uh, yeah, yeah and was- I, we did that project too. We did all of their packaging and it was a real pleasure working with Hope on that project. Yeah. 
For sure. Uh, and again, another uh, another rock star in the, in the industry that again is just yeah. And their their products are unbelievable and so yeah. exciting. We just did I agree. Um, I saw them there, and then we also did a one year anniversary party. They were kind enough to come. We have about fifteen brands at Provisions Market. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. Food and beverage were there. Um, I was the MC, and we had um, uh, we were lucky to have James Donaldson and Alicia Hutton from BC yep. and Beverage always come and support us. They're incredible. Yeah. We had the Lingley Chamber. Um, their whole team was there, and uh, the ma- anyways, it was a great event. And and again, they show up, and they always are so. Um, like, you know, willing and and happy to participate in the community and give back. And I, I, I really admire that brand for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, listen, I'm glad that you had a great show. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your insights there because, you know, I didn't get a chance to get there this year. I was impressed with the CHFA, but you and I both agreed that, you know, it was a little bit, I wouldn't say flat. That's not the right word that I'm looking for. It was just um, that level of innovation that you sort of come to expect year after year at the CHFA. I didn't see it. And uh, it's not because nobody's out there trying. I don't know what's happened. Maybe there just wasn't, it just it just didn't happen this year. I know yeah. exactly why. And guess yeah. what, Aiden? What? It's going to be the perfect segue to what the podcast is supposed to be about Cost today. Cost of goods. For half an hour. If anyone's still actually out there listening. They're listening. It's the <laughs> perfect segue. And the reason is this. The reason yeah. why we didn't see a lot of innovation this year at CFHA yeah. is because everybody's counting their pennies. Okay? Yeah, they're battening down the hatches. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like it, you know, it, it's not like there's not the willingness or wanting, like mm. they're just, I admire it in a way because yeah, it's disappointing to be honest in a selfish note, because I, you, you know, you, if that's the most exciting part about the show, in mm. my opinion, it's, you know, it's seeing all the new exciting things. Launches, but yeah. I think that knowing being a product developer, a lot of projects I was working on, have hit pause mm. and they've switched me into saying, okay, how can we, you know, tighten up the hatches? So that's what we're going to talk about. So mm. The first thing, like right now in this climate, in this economic climate and, and everything you mentioned with inflation and cost of goods going up and all that, it is very real. It's mm. the point where I'm on the phone and I'm not, this is an exaggeration, like I'm on the phone for three hours in a deep dive and we're analyzing COGS, the fifth decimal. It's mm. that insane, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the point where the math doesn't make sense. And the, there's a couple of reasons for it. Number one, the um, traditionally, um, the cost of making food, like if you compare it to other CBG, you know, markets like, you know, toiletries or I don't know, I'm just, you know, home goods yeah, yeah. or clothing. Yep. Traditionally, there's not enough like money in it, right? Because it's like there's it's the basically the ROI is never being where it needs to be, but it's never been worse than in this climate, at least that mm-hmm. we've seen in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so Food, frankly, even though you're going to, I'm sure we're going to get some hateful comments from me saying this, but the amount of effort and time it it, may, it takes to get something from a production facility, whether it's a commissary, whether it's a SQF facility, like all in between, like from the bottom to the top, if that makes sense, the cost of doing business, okay, is just so out of control. And like, frankly, we're not charging enough. And you're going to hate me for saying this, considering what it costs on the shelf. But let me tell you, a lot of that on shelf is then barely breaking even. And a lot of them are at a loss right now. Okay. Mm. Because the amount of hands that go into the pocket to like the, the margin with the, with the, with the retailer, the margin with the distributor, if you're working with a broker and all the costs of doing business in terms of marketing, sales, planograms, promos. Labor. Yeah. Labor's through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes through. the roof. So here we are now. What the heck do we do? Okay. Mm. First of all, the. The first thing most people do is pause innovation. 
Okay, so that's why we didn't see much this year. So that's number one. Okay, just pause, just stop, abort, put it on pause, and you got to really be disciplined. Okay, now the big thing that I've done with a lot of my brands is um, trying to really like have a hard line look at their offerings and cutting the fluff. Okay, mm. so we talked about that in our first podcast about what is the biggest mistake that a lot of emerging brands make, and even even like legacy brands, successful brands of having too many SKUs. Okay. Now the biggest thing that I want the founders listening to think about is this, your parent, you'll relate to this analogy. Okay. Every time you launch a SKU into the marketplace, it is like birthing a child. Okay. So I'm one of six kids. My mom had eight or uh, six kids in eight years. Okay. I remember the attention and the doting I got when I was the second born and how, Oh, do you need a snack and wiping my face? And everything was like sunshine and rainbows and kittens. Then my third brother came along and my, or sorry, my second brother. So third kid, my, my, my third brother, my fourth and my fifth, by the time we had six, it was a goddamn shit show if you don't mind me saying i can only imagine it was get your brothers in the car make their i was a nanny that was me so i'm not saying this for you to feel sorry for me that i have a child no no i i get the analogy for sure yeah you can't focus yeah yeah i'm sharing it because it's the Mm. same thing okay unless you have lots of cash let's be frank and you can hire the right people to manage each skew (laughs) but you're better off doing less okay and doing it well than having more Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for a lot of founders because innovation is fun. It's super fun. It's super exciting. And people always go, what's next? What do you got? And you also get, you know, buyers and distributors saying, oh, anything new, anything new. And of course you don't want to turn down business, but this is a time we need to be extremely disciplined. So I've taken brands from what I call Willy Wonka stage. I use that term last show and take them from 12 SKUs down to like four. Okay. I'm working with brands now that want to launch and they're looking at me saying, I want to launch six. And I'm saying, I forbid you, we are launching two. And then they get upset and have a tantrum. And I say, Kate, we'll settle on three. I I refuse to do more than three. Okay. Here's the reason why. Okay. Not only does it cost a lot of money to launch a product in terms of marketing support, demo support, free fills, sample kits. I mean, you know, like every time you go to a distributor, you got to send a sample kit, right? Mm-hmm. Every time you partner or, or, or to all the reps, okay? Every time you partner, you want to get a new store, you send a sample kit. The more screws you have, the more expensive that is to produce and to ship, mm-hmm. okay? So that's the first thing. The other thing is, as you know better than the most, packaging, packaging, packaging. It you, you usually don't get proper, what I call, not proper, but you know what I mean? Unit economics until you're hitting like 20,000 plus. Okay? At least. Yep. At least 20. Yeah. You know, better than me. 20. That's when your price is really driven down for that's sure. That's when it makes yeah. sense, right? That's yeah. when you get bags for 20 cents, 25 cents. Or less. You know, yeah. Or less. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So, so for that reason alone, for God's sake, right. Mm. And I know for some people that may have their own facility or in a commissary, right. And they're doing small numbers. They may think, yeah, well, what's the big deal? It's just packaging. Well, you really shouldn't think about it like that because it's not just packaging. It's all the ingredients. Mm -hmm. Even if you have, uh, for example, take Omi. Okay. I know Mickey won't mind us using her as an example because she's both of our friends. Okay. So take Omi, right? They use the same tofu base, right? And they go and, you know, marinate it with different beautiful herbs and spices and, 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 and wonderful quality premium ingredients. Right. And you don't think that Mickey and Sana could go and do like 
you know, six, 12, you don't think they're pining and dreaming of having all these extra SKUs. You don't think that they get asked every single time they're to show, uh-huh. do you have any other SKUs launching? You don't think there's, they're disciplined about it because they're, they're smart, uh-huh. right? Because they know about the unique economics and they're really doing their best to massage and, and basically raise these three existing SKUs that they have before they even think uh-huh. about bringing another child on into the family, if that makes uh-huh. sense. It does. So, yeah. So it's packaging, it's ingredient costs and you know, whether you believe me or not, I personally think if you really want to crack CBG, the most intelligent strategic way to do it is the least amount of SKUs at the highest volume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that way also, yeah, it's a great way of managing your cost of goods too. Um, as you just suggested, like, you know, I mean, we'll touch on it because I obviously work in the packaging industry, but yes, if you're launching, you know, four SKUs, and you can only afford like 20,000 pieces in terms of like your budgetary value. That means you've only got 5,000 pieces per SKU in terms of bags. And it's not the cheapest way to buy packaging. Whereas if you've got two SKUs and you can print 10,000 of each, obviously that's going to work in your favor. So that's sort of essentially what you're getting at, isn't it? That's exactly in a nutshell. Yeah, way yeah. better than I said. Thank you for yeah. eloquently putting that into a digestible note. No, yeah. no worries. Yeah. Now, yeah. you mentioned that you're spending hours on the phone analyzing, you know, down to the fifth decimal, which is yeah. awesome to hear. What yeah. are you sort of like using to analyze it? Obviously, people have got their P&Ls. They're obviously doing a really good job of recording all of their costs. Yeah. Tell me about sort of, you know, different areas of or, the supply chain or the production process that can, I guess, contribute most significantly to cost of goods. For sure. I will back up for a second. Yeah. You said they, they obviously are. or are Not they? always. Yeah, that's okay. true. Let me tell you, it is freaking frightening. Yeah. It is freaking frightening that some of them, and I'm not, of course, I'm never going to mention a name. Yeah, of that's course. Who I am, but it is unfreaking believable to be. It blows my head off. How, I just... It, it Some blows of them my can't head even too. tell you yeah. what it costs to make their stuff. Yeah. They can't even tell you. In fact, I'm at the point now where uh-huh. unless it's a startup or unless it's like a concept, which uh-huh. I, I, I do do, but if it's an existing brand uh-huh. in in in, in um, market, right? Uh-huh. They come to me saying, oh, Dominica, we want to increase. You know, we, we're in 100 stores. We want to get 250. We want to partner with a distributor. Whatever the heck it is. Uh-huh. We want to find a new co-pack or whatever the situation is that they need support with. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, I'll help you. We sign the NDA. Here's the asset test. Please uh-huh. send me your cost of goods. Uh-huh. If they can't send me their cost of goods. Unfortunately, either I will help them and we will not move forward until we get your cost of goods sorted. Now, the rebuttal to the, the, the founder that may be listening and say, yeah, yeah, but Dominica changes every day. Sure it does. Just like the market, just like the stock market goes up and down. You know, one order, maybe X per kilogram for uh-huh. this ingredient went on. But you got to have a range. You got to have a gauge. So yeah. Um, okay, so first of all, let's just start there, okay? Because I think a lot of the brands that are struggling the most on like the emerging brands, it's because they're not doing that. Mm. Let's just start there, right? Mm-hmm. They actually don't have spreadsheets of cost of goods, okay? And then you need to do that. You need to have an idea of exactly what what ingredient, what you're paying per kilogram or liter or whatever it is per ingredient Uh and then you also have to know exactly what it costs you to get your product like made so whether it is the ingredients the packaging the labor Uh right all that okay Uh so that's the first thing get a handle of your costs build a spreadsheet and a spreadsheet yeah for sure excel or whatever it is that works for you yeah so there's that okay so let's start with the basis so once you've got that going okay then if you're if you're at that point then what we've got to do is really have a look at suppliers, right? So 
oftentimes where a lot of emerging brands get tripped up is that, you know, hitting the minimums. It's in my opinion, one of the biggest things shipping costs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you an example, right? Okay. So I had one brand again, I'm not never going to mention names. Um, but I, one brand that did, um, okay. A baking kit, right. And with that baking kit, they had, um, 11 different ingredients. Okay. And in that baking kit, they were, I'm not making this up. They were ordering and a different ingredient for 11 different suppliers. I mean, give me a break. Okay. It was just ridiculous. Okay. So what you want to do, right. And I understand that there's some things that are like a special something, something. Can't buy it from okay. everywhere. Yeah. 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 Fine. But basically what I do was I got that brand into one supplier. Right. And what that did was, because this founder was paying erogenous shipping fees, hmm. right. Because this founder, I'm not going to use the pronouns yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to give away, but this founder was paying extra shipping fees for everything every time because this you weren't hitting the minimum for free shipping. Yeah. That's it. So yeah. the shipping fees ended up being more than the ingredients. Okay. Mm. So let's start there. So I moved the founder into one supplier where they got all the ingredients from one supplier. We built a relationship with a sales rep mm -hmm. who's absolutely fantastic, just like you, right? And we got free shipping. Makes okay? a big difference. Makes a huge difference i know you can clear out that whole line item on your p l yeah you that, definitely see exactly the dent that it. it would make yeah yeah so it's more efficient in terms of costs more efficient in terms of your time plus you get to you get to manage one relationship that yeah applies all your ingredients versus 11 different people which yeah. is just you know so there's that okay the other thing is really having a hard look at your ingredients and really analyzing how important is that ingredient in my formulation Okay. And be a little bit open-minded to pivoting. Right. Mm. So I'll give you an example, like spices. Okay. Now I know what you're thinking, especially from packaging. Well, that's all very well said and done, but then you've got to update the packaging. So this is only, this tool is only to be used when, and if you are about to print packaging. So maybe you would start working on this about four to five months, if not more before. Yeah. Right. So thinking about switching an ingredient, then you want to do even six months before, do the R&D, do the trials, do the focus groups, you know, make sure it's okay with, you know, your district, you know, all that stuff, do your due diligence. And then you time it to a T that you switch over when you're going to do your packaging run or when you have, yeah. So for example, you may have a specific ingredient that has just gone up in cost based on, um, you know, world shortage or demand, like take sunflower oil or something like that, right? Because of Ukraine, right? And you might want to switch to a different oil, a different fat. So those are kind of times where you got to have a hard look at it. I, I, sorry, I mentioned spices before. Hmm. Spices can be, um, you know, pretty pivotal in terms of the flavor profile. Hmm. But, you know, I switched, you know, like certain spices for other ones that may be a fraction of the cost, but still can deliver the same flavors we're looking for. Um, so those are kind of things that you really want to look at. And the other thing is, is really trying to make your ingredient panel as short as possible. Agreed. Right. And I think consumers probably appreciate that too. That's it. When they're looking, you know? Yeah. I, I've done like hard line looks at like formulations. I mean, like, what is the purpose of this ingredient? Mm. Right? Do mm. we really need to have this in there when we could just cut this and increase the volume of X? Yeah. Right? That's another really efficient way to do it um, as well. And, 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 and try to really limit, I mean, every single thing on that ingredient panel has got to have a really compelling reason why it's there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You no, know, instead of just putting in it, cause you can't, we'll really think long and hard about yep. that. 
Yeah. But you got to be very disciplined about the approach. Yeah. It's not like you're just pulling from your pantry at home when you're cooking from dinner, you can have a little bit of this and a little bit of this and, you know, to create something, you sort of want a, a minimalist sort of design to your ingredients list. That's exactly it in a nutshell, right? Yeah. That's exactly it. Because remember a lot of these founders get the inspiration and have that Oprah aha moment from wowing their family and friends at a dinner mm -hmm. party, mm -hmm. right? Sharing, you know, their Nana's recipe or, you know, their mother's or grandma or family member's recipe and them going, oh my God, this is so great. You should sell this the safe way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 For sure. And, yeah. and, and, and so taking those concepts from concept to like taking those ideas, those dreams, I would call it from concept to shelf yeah. is, a, is, is a lot different than, you know, and that's why going from kitchen recipe to commercial is like night and day, yeah. you know, in terms of scalability, in terms of the ingredients you're using. I mean, everything from reduction to spillage weight. I mean, all that is, is all factored in. Yeah, it's interesting. When you're working with somebody to sort of develop their um, their cogs, but you're also building out a PL and sort of, you know, what healthy percentages are for each line item, for example, you know, yeah. you've got each component, obviously. Sort of where do you start, like when you're forecasting as well? Because I think a lot of people have a really tough go of forecasting because, you know, you can be aggressive or you're not aggressive enough with the forecast. And obviously that plays into the way that you do, you know, um, go about your purchasing as well. So sort of what does all of that look like? Yeah, let me tell you, in a nutshell, all right, it is all pixie dust until you hit the market. Yeah. And that's really tough, right? It's tough for a lot of reasons, all right? Mm. So it's pixie dust because you don't really know until you actually get out there and you get your product in front of buyers, customers, and all that. So, mm -hmm. you know, the biggest disconnect that I see is a difference between like financial modeling, which is just, you know, a bunch of nonsense in my opinion yeah, to yeah. actual reality and and the biggest thing to keep in mind is so a lot of founders of course and i was one of them back in the day was trying to raise capital even pre-launch right i put two hundred fifty thousand of my own cash in and was also you know doing a raise and um it it, it is a really tough thing because the the investors want to hear mm -hmm. they want to see you know the volume right yeah. the, the reality of those pr projections i'll call them right to what actually happens in the market is night and day. So, so we'll go back to your initial question. So what's reality? Well, reality is this, okay? Reality is that if you're lucky enough, and I mean, if you're lucky with a capital L to get a buyer to put your product on the shelf, right? Because it is luck, all right? There's a lot of factors that go into it. Mm -hmm. Even save on foods are likely going to start with a case or two, because most don't want backstock. Okay. Yeah. That's the biggest myth. So a lot of emerging founders think, oh my God, I've made it. You know, I'm, you know, they luck out in the yeah. local program and they think they're going to, they just have this dream and visualization of just like pallets and, and truckloads. That is nonsense. That doesn't happen. Right. Now, if you're lucky, you get into maybe 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever of your own accounts, you're doing DSD and finally you muscle up enough ammo to get partnered with a distributor. Right. And the distributor even, they think, oh, I'm with a distributor. I'm going to get this huge purchase order. I mean, no, like, sorry. Like, unless you have a lot of business that you can, and they've studied your sales, your sales reports, and there's a lot of business there to be had. But if you're only in under, if you're only in a hundred stores, which is really nothing, mm -hmm. um, you're, you know, you're likely going to start off with maybe, maybe um, 25, 50 cases of SKU. Like it's not a lot, right? Yeah. And so, so you've got to be extremely conservative right with um your projections and and you've got to be prepared that it's a long game right um so now once you're once you're in the market 
of course, you start to really assess the sell through. You start to, you know, get a better sense of, um, you know, of, of, of the units of the cases that you're moving per account. And you can start to put together some more intelligent projections and mm. anticipate that. But the honest truth is you never really know. Mm. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's like there's, there's just, there's, if anyone, I mean, you can go off obviously historical, like year after year, like records is going to help. So like an established brand, like nature's path, for example, mm. right. I mean, I went for the big gun right away or like, you know, smart suites or like, I'm talking about three of the most successful, you know, CBG brands in Canada. And, then and even their growth isn't linear. Like, you know, it's up it, and down. Yeah. It's up and down. Right. So yeah. you take nature's path, you take smart suites, you take Manitoba harvest and let's talk about midday squares. Okay. Those mm. would be like the four big guns if I had to pick them. Right. Even when I was talking to Susie from um, good fats as well, so like, you know, yeah, I know. And like, she had a huge and rapid growth, but it wasn't linear, you know? No, yeah. no, you don't know. Right. Yeah. And I mean, yes, you have your key accounts and you can, you can go, you know, can, you can analyze it and you get a sense of what your distributors are ordering and you prepare for that. But man, I mean, today, just today we got hit. I mean, it was exciting, but we got hit with a big PO, right. Mm. That we didn't expect. And we're going, Whoa. And then we go, shit. <laughs> now we're going to fulfill it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? So it is certainly at first I got it and I was like jumping up and down calling my founder. Like, did you see that came through? Right. We're so, and then we go, and then we stop for a second and we go, yeah. okay. And now we're like, okay, all right. And then you go into action mode and you're like, okay, what's the inventory? And then you go into inventory. Like, what do we got? What do we, okay. We can do runs this weekend. We can, you know, and then you go into yeah. that. Right. So yeah, yeah. it is a bit of that. Or, or sometimes, you know, you think, okay, um, my distributor ordered last month and you're assuming it's going to be about the same because, you know, you, and maybe a bit more because you just gained another 10, 15 accounts, whatever it looks like. And it's low. And you're thinking, oh, oh, okay. Red flag, alarm bells are going off. Sell-through is not happening. Yeah. Right. Why, why is the sell-through not happening? And then you start to look at, then you start to dig into it. Then you reach out to your accounts and then you start, got, then you got to hit the ground. You got to get the, you got to get into those stores and find out why is your, why is your product not moving off the shelf? It's you such got, a rough gig, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Listen, CPG is a military yeah. operation. Yeah. If you don't have a military mind, yeah. with all due respect, it's not going to happen. You got to yeah. be aggressive, as ambitious, as driven as heck. And disciplined. Yeah, you're right. Aggressive and disciplined at the same time. Yeah. 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 Holy shit. Why do people do it again? Yeah. So, you know, you, you got it. Like I said, last <laughs> podcast, you got to be borderline insane. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we do it for the thrill of it. It's yeah, like, a sure. sick, it's, you know what it is? It's a sick yeah. addiction. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like when I was an athlete, my yeah. biggest, my biggest, um, satisfaction was scoring goals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. For sure. Yeah. So for me to get a PO now yeah. or get my brand into a distributor or getting yeah. them into a new account or getting them into a co-packer. It's like scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. You got to want to score goals, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't have that drive in you, if you don't care, if you're not competitive, I'm sorry, this is not going to work for you, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. like you got to want to score goals left, right, and center. And the, the, scoring a goal as in getting a PO or getting a new account or getting a distributor mm-hmm. that you've wanted for a while because you want to expand out east or whatever the goal is, mm-hmm. or you want to get a co-packer. If that doesn't drive you, if that's not the most exciting thing in your world, then mm-hmm. with all respect, don't do it because it's not worth it. Well, I mean, that's just, that's just sales as well. It's the thrill of the sale. That's why I'm in sales. I love it. Yeah. yeah it's isn't the best it feeling. It is. Yeah. Because it, yeah. let me tell you, it has nothing to do with the money. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's nothing to do with the money. Okay. Yeah. We all have to keep our lights on, but it's not that it's just a very, it's, it's validation is what it is. 
Mm. It's validation that you did a good job. You put your best foot forward. And yes, it doesn't always go our way. Even when we put our best foot forward, we give the best service and we know we're giving the best pricing or whatever the situation is, and they don't choose us. Mm. That's fine. But at least I know I gave it my darn best, right? Mm -hmm. But when you do give your darn best and you know it's a good market fit, right, for whatever it is, it feels good. It Uh feels good, right? Uh To go, I choose you, Uh right? Uh You won me over, right? And and, and that's... with all due respect, I don't know if it's ego driven or what, but I'm just being honest. It feels good. It, feels it does good. feel good. And it should, it should feel yeah. good. You should be doing something that you love. It's awesome to hear. I just want to contribute a little bit to the conversation when it comes to the cost of packaging. Yes. Obviously we get, you know, leads coming all of the time or I'm out there prospecting and I'm talking to people about their packaging. And, you know, one of the first parts of the conversation that I have is, you know, you know, obviously we're trying to nail down what the right solution is. We're trying to see if we can, you know, customize something and, you know, really give them something special that they haven't considered before. And that's the expertise that we bring, right? But then when you eventually get to the point of the conversation, I actually bring it up quite early on, like, you know, is budget. You know, how are you determining what your budget is when it comes to packaging? Are you, do you have an overall spend, say for example, like $5,000 and you're trying to get the maximum amount of packaging for that spend, or are you trying to achieve, you know, a unit cost so that you can once again, maintain your margins like we were just discussing. And a lot of people don't know what that number is, you know, or, you know, they don't actually know how they're slicing and dicing or evaluating their packaging. They just want the cheapest packaging they can get. And, you know, cheap is subjective. Like what is cheap to you? Is it a dollar a piece? Is it 10 cents a piece? You know, like I would like to have a conversation about it and really open that conversation up. And then the other piece of the puzzle is, I'm not sure what it is, but some people, I don't know if they know that there's a negotiation that can be had. You know, like when uh, when I'm obviously pricing out a project, and, uh, and, you know, well, I've got an idea, say the founder's given me a range, I'm looking to pay, you know, 45 to 50 cents a piece. I'm like, great, I can work with that. And I can let you know what kind of quantities and, you know, what order size we need to um, have. And, you know, if we don't quite nail down the, um, you know, that unit cost, we can do some things like there's a few levers that we can pull, like, you know, we can obviously adjust the material, uh, you know, combination that the packaging is made out of or the thickness, or, you know, we can reduce it by a skew, for example. But then once I throw a number out there, it's amazing how sometimes you just don't get a negotiation. It's really funny. Like I'd love to think that, and I make it very well known. I'm like, hey, let me know how this pricing lands and uh, and let's have a conversation about it. And some people are willing to have a conversation about it. Some people pull the trigger straight away and I'm like, great, that's awesome. And then some people are like, no, and you don't hear back. And that's fine too. That's part of the sales process. But I just want everybody to know that whether you're talking about an ingredient or you're talking about your packaging, and even though you may feel that you may not have much purchasing power because you've got a a new brand, there is always a negotiation that can be had. Just like when you're buying a car or when you're buying, you know, whatever it may be, there's always a negotiation that can be had and that rings true. And I think that if you're willing to negotiate and be really, really honest and upfront with the salesperson that you're working with, and if you're personable, and not a douchebag, a, a salesperson will actually help you out. Like if I'm working with somebody and I get along with them, I'm like, hey, listen, like I'll help you out. Happy to work with you. But if I've got somebody that's running a hard line, I'm like, here's my number. Like this is it. Take it or leave it. Exactly. And you know what? That's just the reality of sales. But it all comes down to the conversation. It all comes down to a relationship and, uh, and, you know, it's people talk about slimy salespeople and that's just a persona that's out there for salespeople. But I tell you what, 
we see it all when we're out there selling and we come a lot across a lot of personalities and some people are great to work with and some people are not so great to work with. But for those people out there that are listening, I just want you to know there's always a conversation that can be had. You can always negotiate on price, but be nice. Be a nice person. And, and that salesperson that you're working with will bend over backwards for you and help you out so much, not only to give you the right product and the right solution, but at the right price. So I just wanted to leave it leave it that's sort of my two cents <laughs> oh yeah no i mean we gotta give you at least a chance to talk because we know i mm. can leave a motor mouth over here right but yeah i i've I, wanted to I, say I, that for a long time i've wanted to say that no, on the podcast I, for a long I love time it. And I, yeah and i i'm so glad you said it because i couldn't agree more right i mean it's mm -hmm. so true and um i feel like in life like besides love and health and happiness and mm -hmm. your family like the most important thing are relationships right mm -hmm. especially with business right and i'm with you on that like mm -hmm. i really want to help a founder and i understand like budgets and the cost mm -hmm. of doing business and like i like like you right i mm -hmm. we i think we both have pretty big hearts and we we're here to give and we will bend over backwards to just you know make it work and do our best right 100 yep you know yeah, I feel that, and you know, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm proud Canadian. I was mm. born in Vancouver, but I have, you know, lived all over the world. You mm -hmm. know, you know my background. We don't need to get into that again. But I've, yeah. I've lived in and been to, you know, many countries, every continent. And I will say, Canadians in general can be very passive aggressive. Okay, and and I, I, I feel like I'm allowed to say that because you know, I, and 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 that's okay. But I would encourage, <laughs> um you know, Canadians that if they are passive aggressive to try to use their words more and do exactly what you just said. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. My favorite Canadians are new Canadians. I'm going to be, I'm just going to go say it. I, I, <laughs> I, I love new Canadians, whatever you want to call them Canadians, but yeah. majority of my founders are new Canadians. So yeah, they've, yeah. they've lived somewhere else. They've moved here. They love yeah. the beauty of, you know, where we live. It's a gorgeous space. They appreciate, they're way more grateful in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so beautiful here and they really see the opportunity and unless you've really traveled and like we have and got out there and seen the world yeah you don't really often appreciate what you have in your own backyard and mm -hmm. I think that level of gratitude really comes out in the new Canadians certainly that I get to work with I'll tell you right now sorry to get off course but I'm working with this incredible um founder that I met a few weeks ago has stolen my heart and um and and he was he was he worked for the Afghan president. Wow. This guy has a PhD. He's probably one of the brightest people. I don't know why he's hanging around with me. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Um, he's way better <laughs> than me. But he got a call um, in the middle of the night. Um, and we all remember, I've got chills right now, in August of 2021, when uh, all that, you know, everything happened in Afghanistan. When, yeah, when they pulled out, when the U.S. forces pulled, pulled out, out of, a, yeah, out of Bagram Airport. I know. That yeah. was shocking. Just a shit show. It was a shit show. It was terrible that, to see. Yeah, that just seems to be the theme of the call today. Shit show, mm -hmm. but you know, but yeah, but are we allowed to say that? Or do you we can say whatever we want? It was an absolute shit now? show. It's hey, really if there was a shit show that the U.S. should be really disgusted with, or the 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 politicians in the U.S. who are running the country right now, they should be disgusted in the way that they pulled out of Afghanistan. Oh, it's it's it was horrendous. They left a lot of people stranded that didn't need to be stranded. The whole strategy behind that thing was was bullshit, and yeah. um, you know. I know I've listened to a lot of podcasts and there are a lot of um, ex-military, a lot of um, servicemen and women that feel disgusted yeah. by the way that that was handled. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He was an interpreter for the U.S. Army, yeah. right? So he was working for the for the Afghan. He was a deputy. I can't yeah. remember. It was some yeah. fan title. But yeah. he was a deputy something of the, like, working, like, 
day in day out with the president and mm. then was also their lock lock lockstep with the u.s army right he was mm-hmm. interpreter anyways he gets a call okay imagine this right mm-hmm. i mean you're you know you're you're married you know you have a family mm-hmm. he gets a call at three in the morning when when shit was starting to go down mm-hmm. and they basically it was the u.s army that called him and they said if you can be at Kabul airport right within mm-hmm. um within two hours we'll, we'll get you out you have a chance of getting out he wakes up his wife okay um, they have to, they took, they have a beautiful house. They were, you know, successful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They literally took a backpack. They couldn't, they had to walk 10 kilometers to get there. Once they got to the airport, we saw the news, mm-hmm. right? It was all barricaded off, mm-hmm. right? And he happened to land because he, he, to the airport with the, on the Polish side for some reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was just a complete, again, we use that word, shit show. Shit show. Yeah. And he was actually at the gates, right? Trying to get through the gate for five days mm. it ended up that he just lo- like for the grace of god we'll call it who knows he actually mm-hmm. had to with his wife imagine this had to get down like jump like risk his life to jump mm. like 12 as there's machine gun shooting oh my him, god yeah jump 12 feet get in there and mm-hmm. to thank god for the polish because mm-hmm. the polish lock were in lockstep with the u.s army and he was mm-hmm. cleared because of who he is because of his his uh nature mm-hmm. with the u.s army Mm-hmm. They backed him out and he ended up in Warsaw. Okay, get mm-hmm. this. It gets even more insane. Then he gets to Warsaw. He, he's got nothing. Him and his wife have got a backpack, right? They just left everything they know, their family, everything, you, you know. You know. Mm-hmm. Then they sent him to Georgia in a humanitarian camp where they're sitting there like prisoners, essentially. I mean, they're lucky to get out. So it's not like he's ungrateful for that, but he's mm-hmm. sitting there like a duck. His wife was pregnant. She lost the baby <sighs> and they were there for a year just waiting. And then they were they were going to go to the states, right? Because of their relationship with yeah. Anyway, the states were taking too long, and you know this is a part that I'm proud to be Canadian. So don't think I'm bashing mm. on anything. But I, you know, it was great that they, the Canadian government did step in and said, "Listen, we can get you to Vancouver," and he said, "Anywhere else." So we got here, but here's what happens. I know that we're going on a completely different turn, but maybe it'll make people think uh, about gratitude about where we live and everything, and and the opportunities we have that a lot of people around the world don't. So it's all very well that he arrived here in Canada, but his wife doesn't know the language, mm-hmm. right? He, he's got a bit of English. The guy's so smart. He learned English in a few months. He's at square one. He's got nothing, literally. Mm-hmm. So anyways, bottom line is, I guess I'm sharing this because we all need to just take a moment, right? Because mm-hmm. even though what you and I do day in, day out, like, the, you know, we're trying to help all these founders, right? And we're trying to get to... Um, you know, help them hit their cogs, hit their goals. They're, you know, you working with them with the design, their, their shelf life, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the um, objectives they need it, the function, the packaging, whatever it is, and all these things. And yes, it gets overwhelming. And I'm not saying it doesn't. And I'm not saying that like we all have what my mother would say, crosses to bear, challenges, whatever you want to call it. But let me tell you, it is a privilege to do what we do because mm-hmm. we actually have the opportunity to do it because mm-hmm. He was sharing the situation, like you're saying, about his family that are in Afghanistan. Let me tell you his brother. Hmm. His brother, because his brother worked with the U.S. government, he wasn't so lucky to get out. In order to survive, he's being hunted right now by the Taliban. Yeah, yeah. His brother gets yep. up before sunrise, runs 20 kilometers and hides all day, and comes back at sunset every single day since August 2021. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I've heard many, many reports like that. And uh, I've listened to some amazing podcasts with s- s- stories that might as well be the same as what you just told. And you're absolutely right. We've got every reason to be grateful in this uh, in this world that we find a- that we've found ourselves in. 
And uh, yeah, every, though everybody's running a business and times are really tough for, you know, those businesses at the moment, life could be so much worse. And uh, you just brought up Poland. Well, you know, Poland, um, it wasn't that long ago that it was a communist socialist country. Um, and, you know, they were going through turmoil and absolute hell as well. And uh, I've listened to some really good podcasts recently where there are some Polish that are saying, hey, listen, if we don't watch out and, uh, you know, whether it's in the States or Canada or in this Western world, there are some signs that they're seeing that, you know, history repeats itself. So life can change. Life can change very quickly for all of us, you know, whether there's a another shutdown like COVID and everything gets taken away from us again, life can be so much worse. So I think that, you know, we should definitely, absolutely, and I think a lot of people are very grateful for what we've got, but we shouldn't forget, you know, um, you know, how much worse things could be. And um, and I guess the, the, the moral of the story that I'd just like to interject is, you know, when you are having interactions with people, just be a nice person. Yeah, because let me tell you, like when you really immerse yourself, as you know, and you have mm -hmm. and we, you know, in the community, it is yep. a really beautiful community. It's a great community. That's why I love going to a trade show. So you can actually see everybody that you know. It's amazing. Yeah. They're always great days. Yeah. And 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 you know, when you work with people that you really are like are real pros and, and take an interest in mm -hmm. your company, the ROI is so much more than just that exchange of service of that. Agreed. It's so much more than that. Yeah. It's like even founders, and I know you're the same, even founders that we're not engaged at this moment, it doesn't mean I've stopped thinking about you. Oh, I know. Yeah. It, it, there's always things that come up. Like if I get, I don't know, from like a notice about a grant or mm -hmm. an opportunity that like makes me think of that founder, like regardless if we're working together, quote unquote, at that time, yeah, I still go, oh, hey, look at this. This would be great. I mean, that relationship doesn't go away. It's a constant yeah. thing that is like, because, you know, once someone captures your heart, like that they're in. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny, like the industry is so small, like you, I've worked with people that's they've changed jobs, you know, like, you know, someone will start with one company, you work on their packaging, and then they'll go to another company and they'll be like, Oh, I'll give Hayden a call. And, you know, before you know it, we're doing their packaging. And it's just this evolution because of the relationship that you put time into. And I think that it means everything like, you know, that's all you've got. It's all we have in life is just the, and just the relationship that we have with people. And I think, um, I don't know where it's come from, but I always remember it. Like people, they may not remember your name, but they'll always remember the way that they that you made them feel. Mayor, Maya Angelo. Is it? That. Yeah. yeah, Maya Angelo, and I hundred percent could not agree more yeah. with that. Angelo. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people I don't remember their name, but you know, I'll be walking a trade show floor, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're a really nice person, or you're you, a prick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Vibe, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, right. Yeah. And and I I think too is that you know what I like about it as well is that this is definitely like in the natural organic space that we're in yeah. and not just yeah. have to be a natural organic yeah. product yeah, yeah. or whatever, but yeah. you know, the kind of world that we're in and the shows we go to and such, mm -hmm. right. And the customers, mm -hmm. we, you know, the, the, the brands we work with, um, there is like, I think that there's a commonality, right? Mm -hmm. Because most of us that are in it, it's because, you know, it's, it's part of our, like, we're passionate about, you know, sustainability yeah. and better for you mm -hmm. and impact and whatever that means for you. But I think yeah. that's what really unites us. For sure. It's like a common purpose, right? Yeah. And I don't feel like that really is the way with a lot of industries. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, sure, there's different things you have in common, but mm -hmm. I feel like that's what's super unique. And I feel like that's the addictive feeling, we'll call it, mm -hmm. that makes us keeping coming back for more. For and, sure. you know, because it's like, don't we all want to feel like we're at least contributing right mm -hmm. and doing something that is going to hopefully improve because i'm sure you're the same is that like i mean 
if you if we sit around and think about all the world's problems, like meeting with this founder, for example, you mm. know, him telling me the story and opening up his heart and soul, it, it made me feel so helpless. Oh yeah, and the world's a heavy place. It can be really right? heavy, can it? it? Yeah, yeah. And you know, when you see things on the news, and you know, you know, I mean, you know, shootings and 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 mm-hmm. the environment, climate change. I mean, mm-hmm. if you just sit around and think about all the problems, I mean, it Man. just get to you. So what I try to do and is like, okay, well, guess what? I can't, I can't control the Taliban, mm-hmm. but what I can do is give this founder the best darn shot I can give him so he can have this new life and we can make him a success story. Sure. And, what, you know, and then what we're doing with this brand is proceeds, of course, of everything sold is mm-hmm. going to go back to, you know, help his family. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at least that's something, and I'm not saying that it's like raw, raw me, but I'm just saying at least it sort of takes away the anxiety because I'm putting my anxiety into action in a way, you know, mm. and I think that's what a lot of us that are in this industry do. You know, we look at what's happening. Um, you know, I think especially when we saw it so front front, like in our faces, you know, and especially when we got hit with the heat dome and the fires and the floods. I mean, that was a pretty epic year where mother mm-hmm. nature was going, yo, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I'm not happy. Like, I mean, <laughs> wake up people you know what I mean like wake up humans what are you doing to me like I, this is not good I'm sick right yeah if that wasn't a wake-up call I don't know what is um and of course even recently the the, the destructive fires in Alberta yeah I know where did they come from so early in the season hey that's it yeah. that's it it's um anyway so um I think that's really what I think a lot of us have in common and why we feel so united and drawn to um to what we do each day yeah, well, it's a hell of an industry, and thank you so much for your contribution to it. We all appreciate it, and thank you so much for your contribution to today's conversation as well. And I look forward to having many more with you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Next awesome. time I won't talk so much. I no, no, it's been good. It's uh, you know what for everybody listening out there right now. It's uh, ten twenty p.m. We started our recording at nine o'clock this evening, um, because you know I wanted to get online once my kids went to bed. And yeah, you were um, gracious enough to make that happen. So thank you very much, Dimitri. I really appreciate it. All good. All good. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. It's always a such a privilege and an honor. I love spending time with you. I think you're one of the industry heroes. Uh, your energy, your vibe. I mean, I definitely know your name, but you're the kind of person that you meet once. And every time someone would see you, they would think, that's a great guy. That's uh, an thanks. awesome guy. That's a really nice thing to say. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Like you just, I remember, sorry, one quick thing and we'll, yeah. we'll go. When yeah. I was at CFHA, I think I was um, with Mindful Food Crew. Yeah. Um, Remember, I was Vanessa and and Jay, yeah. and we're yeah, yeah. we're back there and we're chatting. And you go, Dominica, and I go, yeah. And instantly, my energy and excitement and vibration, <laughs> it was pretty high as is, yeah. right? Went to a whole new level. Like I think <laughs> I hit a new peak. And That's just, funny. The way you lift me up and everyone yeah. around you, I want to thank you for that because your podcast is a real gift, and someone could be having a tough day, right? Right, mm-hmm. and 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 they plug you in, and they go, okay. It's going to be okay yeah. because that's the kind of magic that you sparkle. And that's the, that's the impact that you, that you give, because what you're doing for everyone, in my opinion, is an incredible service because you're uniting the community and you're allowing people to plug in, whether they're driving, whether they're mm-hmm. exercising, whether they're in the commissary, whether they're labeling their bottles, whether they're unpacking a huge load, whatever yeah. the heck you're giving them a way for all of us to connect. And I uh, think that's, that's awesome. Great. 
Thank you very much for that kind, um, those kind words. I do appreciate it because, yeah, I mean, there are so many common themes and it seems that everybody that is in the industry is having the same, you know, this they're leading the same life and, uh, you know, they're dealing with the same issues day in, day out. And I think that it's really comforting for people to hear everybody's founding story and, you know, the path that everybody's taken because they can, you know, they can pull bits and pieces out that, you know, they recognize or, you know, things that they can implement into their own lives or businesses. So yeah, that's the value that I get out of it as well. I really enjoy having conversations with founders and yeah, it's motivating and it's uh, inspirational and yet it's um, also humbling too. So yeah, it's, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. You lift people up, Hayden. Thank you. <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's time to wrap up the chat. Um, thank you very much, um, Dominica. I'm going to have all of your information um, down in the show notes. So if anybody wanted to get in touch with you so that you can help lift up their business, um, I would love them to uh, reach out. So yeah, all of the details will be down in there. And uh, I'll just pull those from our previous conversation that we had. Oh, and for anybody listening out there, and if they haven't heard uh, our conversation that we previously had, Dominica, um, I'll put that down in the show notes for everybody to go back because it obviously details your founding story of your business, who you are, where you came from, and uh, what it is that makes you tick and that's a worthwhile conversation to listen to so yeah thank you very much for your time today thank you so much have a good night bye all right thanks again for listening into episode 128 with dominica today if you've got any questions or comments from today's episode or would like to get in touch with me to see how i can assist you with your packaging all of the links that you can need can be found down in the show notes below all right thanks again i hope to have you all back here next week for another great conversation